Keeping your eyes healthy. Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about eye health with our special guest, Dr. Badwan from Wake Family Eye Care on Access Health Radio. Dr. Forrest, I'm going to just turn it over to you so you can introduce our special guest for today's show. Thanks, Mike. We are really honored to have Dr. Badwan, who is a local doctor of optometry. He's going to discuss some important things to know about eye health. Welcome, Dr. Badwan. Hey, Dr. Forrest. It's great to be on the show again. Could you tell the audience a little bit about your practice and where you're located? Um, yeah, we have a private practice called Wake Family Eye Care. Uh, we're located at 155 Parkway Office Court in Cary, North Carolina. Um, website is wakefamilyeyecare.com, and you can always reach us at 919-859-0777. And what about your sort of practice philosophy for how you like to take care of patients there? It comes down to education. And what I mean by that is we're big believers in eye care through education. We like to make sure that our patients understand the what's and the why's of all of the things we do, testing and results that we find within the eyes themselves. Okay. Well, I really wanted you to cover a very common problem that uh, I know that we see in the office with eye health sometime. It's a common complaint and that's dry eye disease. And this seems like a condition that affects a lot of my patients. Could you tell us, you know, how common that really is and, and what your experience has been with that? Uh, absolutely. It's a big topic that's throughout the eye world now that everybody's starting to see more and more um, and becoming more prevalent as we're shifting more to a virtual and device-driven world. Uh, dry eye disease is estimated in at least 2015, the most recent numbers to be between 5 to 15 percent of the population on the low end. Some people even go as high as 60 percent, but wow, we'll go with a lot of people. Yeah, we'll go to five to 15 percent. And that's having symptoms. Um, and the weird thing to the common person, let's, let's say, I mean, even probably to most doctors, the most common symptom of dry eye is blurred vision. Mm. Uh, we don't even realize that that's dry eye disease, but we're just like, hey, I'm having some blurred vision. And when we see them in the office, we see the little things where, hey, there's not a shift in the prescription, but why isn't their vision the way it is? Well, it's dry eye disease. Um, and I'd say in my office, I'm probably seeing about 25 to 30% of my patients daily have some form of a symptom of dry eye disease. Wow, that, that really is surprising that that would be one of the most common complaints. You know, I would, I would, I would think it might be burning or, mm -hmm. you know, discomfort, uh, that kind of thing, sort of a, that foreign body sensation. But uh, it's amazing. You know, you think about your tear film is really important. It's sort of one of your body's lenses. And I think we forget that a lot of the time. Are there, are there ways that you can protect yourself from getting dry eyes in the first place? Um, I think the most important thing would be early detection, right? And so making sure that you've gone and seen your optometrist at some point, your eye care provider to rule out dry eye disease being a cause or a problem for you. Uh, the basics that every person should be doing, uh, blinking while they're in front of a screen, taking breaks from the computer, we call it the 20-20 rule. Every 20 minutes, you look away for 20 seconds at something 20 feet away and make sure that you blink. Um, then proper hydration, obviously, and supplementation, making sure that you're getting the nutrients that your body needs. It all ends up coming into effect. Well, what, what since you brought that up, what are some of the supplements that are vitamins that people need to make sure they're getting uh, to sort of help with that. 
So, you know, the typical, you know, vitamin A, big one, right? Um, vitamin D, big one. Beta carotene, you know, carrots, we talk about that all the time. Um, but omega-3, um, getting that kind of supplementation, it actually helps break down the oil so mm -hmm. that we actually can have a better tear foam. Oh, okay. Well, what, uh, what are some of the specific causes for people to have dry eye in the first place? Well, you know, dry eye disease is multifactorial. Um, there isn't going to be just one specific cause. Each case will be unique patient to patient. We need to start treating dry eye disease for the autoimmune disorder that it actually is. Uh, with that in mind, the most common causes are going to be meibomian gland dysfunction, ocular rosacea, blepharitis, Sjogren's syndrome, and then, you know, ocular allergies themselves, uh, and evaporative dry eye. All of these things affect the tear foam, affect the ocular surface, and all fall under the bracket of dry eye disease. Yeah, that's really interesting about the rosacea. I know we have a lot of rosacea patients, and I don't normally think about that really affecting their eyes, but I'm, you know, I'm certain it, it could. That could be one of the one of the presentations you see in that. Well, you know, with people starting to get out of the house more as we go into spring and summer, um, how can that affect your eyes? And are there things to to do to protect against that? Oh, absolutely. Um, sun protection is a must in general, uh, not just for the summer winter, spring, fall, doesn't matter. Every, every time sun protection is there. But when we're involving water, pools, lakes, you know, uh, beaches, it becomes super important as we start dealing with light reflecting off of the water. That glare can lead to damage to the cornea and to the ocular surface. So it comes back to all of the things we talked about, you know, multifactorial. This is a different cause of dry eye. So, you know, sunglasses to help protect the cornea, sunglasses to protect against wind, to protect against allergies. Um, when you're in the pool, chlorine, one of those things that is a big irritant to people's eyes, we recommend wearing goggles when you're swimming, same for salt water, you know, even though most people don't go into the, you know, into the beach wearing goggles. Well, when you get in the ocean, you should have some on because it's going to protect you from that irritation that you get. And you'll get sensitive eyes and you get a buildup, right? Like it's not just something started there. It's like, Hey, they were a little sensitive before I jumped in the water. It got a little bit worse. And now we're dealing with a bigger problem. Whereas if we just worked on the protection in the water, the protection outside of the water, we have less of an irritation or less of an outside factor that would lead to more irritation for people. Oh, you brought up a great point there about the fact that uh, you might have layers of damage. You know, if you're in the pool with chlorine and you jump out of the pool and into the ocean with the salt water, and then you've got the uh, the sun reflecting off the water into your eyes. That's sort of a triple whammy, I guess. Um, I don't think a lot of people even think about wearing sunglasses while they're in the ocean. You know, maybe oh. they're worried about them falling off. And uh, I know I, I've been guilty myself of wearing a hat for protection and then realizing I got sunburned under the hat because of those exact reflections you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, think of it, you can even take it another step further as, as the temperature gets warmer, people will be going out to go fishing as well. And, you know, sunglasses for the people who are big in fishing, like polarized lenses, for instance, they understand the importance of them because it helps them fish. They're thinking about it from the, hey, I can fish better. But the eye health perspective, you know, it's, it's paramount to make sure that we're keeping that cornea clear, protecting it from that keratitis that can come. I mean, UV keratitis come the summer, you know, just basically inflammation from sunlight 
is definitely something that we see an uptick of once people start going back into the water. Well, Dr. Badwin, this is some great information today, and we're going to get more from Dr. Amjed Badwin of Wake Family Eye Care, our special guest today on Access Health Radio, in just a few minutes. But right now, it's time for the Access Health Tip of the Week, Dr. Forrest. Did you know that we are supposed to make 15 to 20 complete blinks a minute? But when using digital devices like computers, tablets, phones, and TVs, that blink rate drops to five to six complete times a minute. Think of the action of blinking like the windshield and wiper blades on your car. When the two lids close, it's like your eyes are pressing the windshield wiper fluid button. This allows for a perfect tear film after a correct blink. When we don't blink correctly while in front of devices, it's like taking a windshield wiper without having any of the fluid. Imagine that scraping on your eyes. Not only is this affecting how your eyes feel, but also how well you see. So it's really important to get your eyes checked regularly with your optometrist and to ensure your eyes are functioning properly. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, we're going to continue our discussion about eye health with Dr. Amjad Badwin from Wake Family Eye Care. This is Access Health Radio. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis, and our special guest today is Dr. Amjad Badwan from Wake Family Eye Care. Dr. Forrest? Yeah, Dr. Badwan, could you discuss a little bit more in depth about the problem of allergies as, as allergies relate to the eye and eye problems? Yeah, sure. So, Allergies are one of the most common things we see in the clinic. And again, we tie everything, dry eyes, allergies, ocular surface, everything in that same aspect, but allergies are commonly presented with symptoms of itching. And what a lot of people don't realize is that the itching part is usually the last symptom that presents, but also that tipping point for patients. That's the one that brings them in. It's like, I'm, I'm having to rub my eyes a lot. This is a problem. Um, mucus formation, uh, eye boogers, sleep, as some people call it, that's the long-term sign that someone is dealing with eye allergies. We think that's normal. We think it's common. All of us have this, or all of us have had that. I've always had this, Uh, but that isn't normal for the eyes. You know, if you're experiencing any of those things, that's actually ocular allergies. That's something that we should be taking care of. We shouldn't be waking up with those things in our eyes. So proper diagnosis is going to be essential as it can let us see if the allergies are leading to a dry eye disease component, or is dry eye disease actually leading to the allergies? And some of the most common, like over-the-counter things that people can try, you know, Pataday, uh, Zatator, which are over-the-counter mast cell stabilizers and antihistamine drops. Uh, but usually when a patient is presenting to us, when they show up, they hit that tipping point. It's a point where we have to prescribe steroids to help calm down the inflammation behind those allergies. Right. I know that uh, uh, the Patanol drops used to be prescription. Mm-hmm. Um, are those fair? Are those generic now over-the-counter? Yeah, they, they're, the Patanol is generic, but they've even gone to their next formulation, which is uh, generic as well, which is the Pataday, which is the once daily ones, the, the more powerful drops. So that's, oh, okay. that, that's kind of the better option to go to these days too. Okay, well, that's great. Um, you know, one question that I get a lot are patients asking, um, you know, if, if, we, if they know they need glasses um, or they need contacts, they want to know which is the best option for them. I know, you know, a lot of people... Uh, especially kids, a lot of times want to go to contacts and that kind of thing. But can you discuss, uh, you know, glasses versus contact and and which one really are the best options for patients of different ages and, and different types? Absolutely. So 
glasses obviously help with vision, but they also provide that UV protection. They provide that anti-reflective protection when you're in front of screens. So when you're working in front of a computer screen, it's best to have a good pair of glasses with a solid anti-reflective coating. Um, a blue anti-reflective coating is great in that it blocks off a lower percentage of blue light because to some degree, blue light is okay for us and necessary. Blue filtering will block out a little bit more. They actually filter out the blue light. And, you know, some, some say, do we need to go that much? It's kind of a debate amongst eye care providers these days. Uh, so in front of screens, I think glasses are always going to be the best case. Even if you're wearing contacts, it's not a bad idea to have a pair of good blue blocking, again, to a lower degree, nothing that's 100% to block out all of the blue light. Um, contact lenses obviously help us see well as well, but give you better flexibility, right? The ability to play sports, the better, the ability to be more active, you know, especially now with masks being worn, contact lenses are something that we're getting asked about more and more because right. the glasses are fogging up with the masks. So people want to switch to contacts, which is great, but, you know, kind of staying on topic with dry eye, you have to make sure that, you know, dry disease isn't something that you have a problem with because then contact lenses won't be something you can do. So you want to make sure that the ocular surface is the way it's supposed to be. And then with regards to the masks that we've been wearing, there's something that's now called mask associated dry eye. So people getting dry eye, people developing more styes and lid bumps after wearing masks because the masks aren't secured properly. So you've got that air pushing up and it's causing more damage to the ocular surface. So there's a place for both. And I think kind of com combining the two is something that a lot of patients have. They want that flexibility to wear glasses when they need them and have the ability to wear contact lenses when they want a little more freedom. Right. And I think uh, I didn't know there was actually a mask associated uh, problem with, with the eyes, but I guess intuitively it makes some sense because, you know, when you have that little bit of an air leak, it's a little uncomfortable, just that little puff of air you get back in your eyes. So it does make sense that that would contribute to the problem. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And the thing that a lot of people don't realize, and I mean, I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes we'll use the same mask and we've sweat in it and then we go back through it. And so now you're pushing up that, you know, let's call it bacteria pushing up towards your eyes. So you're giving yourself more of a reason to have a reaction to it. We have a paradox on today. Uh, Dr. Forrest and Dr. Amjed Badwin of Wake Family Eye Care. More on eye health with Dr. Badwin coming up and our Access Health Radio's Trivia of the Week is on the way. We're talking eye health today on Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest, and our special guest from Wake Family Eye Care, Dr. Amjed Badwin. We'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. Thanks to Marley Drug and Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower even than the big box pharmacies. You can check them out at marleydrug.com. We'd also like to thank We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring our tip of the week. Uh, you can check them out at wecarepharmacyapex.com and check out that website, or you can call them at 919-629-6010. And the folks there will also be helping us out with some special shows this year on prescription medications. 
And we'd also, of course, like to thank uh, Wake Family Eye Care and Dr. Bad One for helping us out with our show. Uh, you can check them out at wakefamilyeyecare.com. And also, Dr. Bad One will be our special guest for some more upcoming shows on eye health this year. Very good, Dr. Forrest. Time now for our Access Health Trivia of the Week. Well, I'm sure it will be no surprise to our guest today, but I was really amazed to find out that nearly 75% of all Americans use either glasses or contact lenses. About 64% wear glasses and about 11% wear contacts with or without using glasses as well. And that's nearly 178 million Americans that have some type of vision correction. So make sure that if you do wear glasses or contacts, that you annually get your eyes checked with your optometrist to make sure your prescription is still accurate and providing you with the best vision possible. Uh, Dr. Badwan, what treatments are available for patients that cannot get enough relief with some of the over-the-counter formulations for drops uh, for their dry eyes? There's been a recent uptick in treatments, the ability to help people with dry, the ability to help the sufferers. Um, the things that we have in our office are something called MyboFlow, where we heat and massage the glands to allow more oil to come out. Um, intense pulse light IPL, which is used to reduce unnecessary vasculature and inflammation around the eyelids and also helps support the glands. Uh, radio frequency, where we tighten the collagen around the eyelid area to then improve the blink. Um, Microblef exfoliation, where we actually use a machine very similar to a toothbrush that cleans off the lids and lashes from blepharitis and inflammation on the lashes when you get that little white stuff that's stuck there. Um, and then in clinic, we use tools like mybography where we can actually image the glands to see if there's any dropout, death, atrophy. And uh, Tear Lab is a device that lets us measure the salt content on the eye. And why that's cool is, you know, if you have a hyperosmol or too much salt content on your eye, your own tears are actually damaging your ocular surface. So there's a ton of new things that are coming out and hopefully more and more keep coming because some of these weren't even available two, three years ago, and now they're a standard of care in, the, in eye care. Well, that's uh, that's great information to have. I didn't know all those procedures were available. Are there any other issues you'd like to discuss on today's show? Yeah, sure. I'm just, I'm going I'm to kind of reiterate something just with dry eyes. Dry disease is chronic, so we have to remember that. There's not a magic fix, much like it took a while for things to get bad with someone. It's going to take some time to help someone to feel better. There's always new technologies coming and many ways to help a patient, but it takes patience from both the doctor and the patient and the needs of the patient to be understood, right? We have to make sure that we monitor everything carefully. Over-the-counter drops can help us in the moment, but they're not helping the underlying condition, which is what we need to do to make things better. Thank you so much for, for being on the show today. We look forward to having you come back and helping us out with some more shows on eye health this year. I can't wait. It's been a pleasure to be on the show, and I'm excited about co-hosting some of these future shows. Well, that wraps up the show for this week. And as the Bible says in Matthew 6, 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Radio Show, and join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.